to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul has just used that wonderful word, everyone. Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God unto the salvation to everyone who believes. What an exhilarating thought that word is. You know, and that's to all of us. That's to everyone here in this room, especially those who kind of feel that there's something in our lives that maybe rule us out a little bit sometimes. You know, wrong family, wrong background, wrong education, wrong language, wrong race, wrong culture, wrong moral track record. You know, then to hear those words, everyone who believes, everyone. Yes, our sin blocks our way and blocks the door to his promises. But he did say, everyone, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, there is one thing that can rule us out, though. That's unbelief. Not trusting our Lord, our Savior, Yeshua. Nothing else has to. The good news that Messiah died for our sins and he rose from the dead, opened up eternal life for all, that salvation may be obtained through grace and through faith. All that is for everyone who believes. Remember that, all who believe. Not just Jews, not just Gentiles, no one of any other particular race or social class, no culture, but everyone who believes. Let me give you a little backstory. Um, as uh, as Barbara mentioned, uh, Rabbi and I meet weekly, and uh, we wrestle. We wrestle over a lot of things. I win because I'm bigger, but um, you know we wrestle over some of the hard things. Now I am an unapologetic Gentile. I really am. I am a believer, and I I learned who this the Messiah was. His name was Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus the Christ. And that is who saved me. The Holy Spirit indwelled me December 27, 1995, and I have never looked back. I was blessed to have the, uh, the, the, the teaching, the expository verse-by-verse -verse teaching that very few Christian believers get an opportunity to, to sit under. Positive, well-versed teaching. And also a church that knew who Israel was in God's economy. And then, and we, as my wife and I, we have kept that position and kept that posture all of our lives, our, all of our Christian lives. So when Joshua and I started to meet together, we were thinking to ourselves, you know, what is it that is going to bring echad, oneness, to this congregation, to this people that we have here, to this messianic synagogue? And, you know, we know Romans 10.1 when Paul says, my greatest, deepest, and greatest and deepest desire is to see Israel saved. Um, as a matter of fact, I carry that verse with me. And then when, when Rabbi came up and he said those words, I went, thank you. Thank you. Because that meant the world to me, that I could be able to sit under a rabbi who has that same passion. So we sat and we talked and Romans 10 and 11, I have, been, um, I have been mentored in the book of Romans for almost all my Christian life, 25 years. And I've taught on it. I've studied it. 
And Romans 10 and 11 especially are probably some of the greatest verses that show us who the Gentiles are and who Israel is and the, Jew, and the Jewish nation, the Jewish people. It is firm. It's planted. It's accurate. And I just want to make sure that I, I say that. I believe with all my heart that these are God's ordained words for all of us to understand. So Joshua gives you the rabbinical side of things yesterday, uh, last week. Today, I'm going to give it to you from a Messianic Gentile's perspective. So, what about God's chosen people? Okay, well, who are they? And coming from my perspective, a Gentile, Messianic Gentile, how do I fit in God's plan for their lives? As a believing Gentile, I worship and serve here at Beth Emunah, Messianic Synagogue. So I'm going to try to, for the next few minutes, answer a couple of these questions. And I'll now let you know, I'm going to be all over the, all over the scriptures, okay? Um, we're going to plant ourselves in Romans 10 and 11, but I want to kind of use the, the whole of the scriptures to, to bring my point across. So I'm going to start in Genesis 12, where God chose Abraham and his descendants freely from all the people's and the world would see them, and he would, be, he would bless them with his covenant and his promises. Deuteronomy 14.2 says this about the whole Jewish people. The Lord has chosen you to be a people of his own possession out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. Amos 3.2 says, you only have I chosen among all the families of the earth. You hear a theme here? Okay. Romans 11, 29, 28 and 29, Paul says, From the standpoint of the gospel, they, the Jews, are enemies for your sake, the Gentiles. But from the standpoint of election or God's choice, they are the beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. We know what, how God feels about his people. Salvation comes to the Gentiles by the root of God's covenant with the Jews. Let me say that again. In John 14 or 4.22, it says, because salvation comes from the Jews, we as Gentiles have to understand that because of the relationship that God has with his people, that root our salvation comes from. So the Jewish people have a priority in God's economy in God's kingdom, because they have a special role by being God's elect or God's chosen people. Not only were they chosen, but they were a created people for his own purpose. He set his favor on them, and he set them apart from all the people of the world. Freely, remember that, freely set them apart from every other nation of the world not because of any virtue or special value, but simply on the basis of his free choice. Deuteronomy 7, 7 and 8 states, The Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose you because you were more in number than any of the other peoples. But for you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers. So you're getting a common theme here. Who are his chosen people? Here's some facts. 
our Messiah, Yeshua, is a Jew, right? Yeah. Um, son of David. Romans 1.3 says, and he focused his earthly ministry on the Jewish people. Matthew 10, 5 through 6 says, Jesus said to the 12 apostles as he sent them out during his life, do not go to the way of the Gentiles and do not enter the city of Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of Israel. Matthew 15, 24 says the story of the Samaritan woman, this demon-possessed daughter. Jesus said to her, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So the theme is, is Jesus' primary focus was to his own people. So when Paul says in Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power uh, of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, we as Messianic Gentiles have to remember that these six basic principles about how God feels about his people. Number one, they are historically chosen people of God. We know this through all the writings. Historically, he, they are the people that God has chosen. God has also created them for his own purpose. They are the guardians of God's special revelation in the, in the scriptures. The Messiah and Savior Yeshua comes to the world as a Jew to the Jews. Salvation is from the Jews since everyone who is saved is being saved and being connected with the covenant that was given to Abraham by faith. The Jews were also brought to the salvation message and the gospel uh, the, the very first time as it penetrated the world. Who, where did the gospel reach first? To the Jewish people. And also, the Jews will be the, uh, the first peoples to enter the final judgment as well as the final blessing. Okay, so we've made a point here. God's chosen people, the Jewish people. So it's really clearly seen that God's heart is for his people. So where do Gentiles fit in? What do we do? Well, Romans, I'm going to start getting into Romans here a little bit. And Romans 17, uh, 11, 17 through 24 says, where Paul is comparing the Jewish nation to an olive tree. He says that the natural branches were broken off and unnatural branches were grafted in, meaning that those Jews by birth who were unbelieving were separated from the promise, and Gentiles who were believing are able to be grafted in and saved by the covenant of promise. Verses 17 and 18, though, are very crucial for us, and let me read this to you. If some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive, were grafted in among them, and became partakers with them of the rich root of the olive tree, then do not be arrogant toward those branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root. It is the root that supports you. In other words, salvation comes to the Gentiles from the root of God's covenant with his Jewish people. We are simply grafted in to a wild olive branch, and really, we have no historical claim at all. We are simply grafted in by God's great mercy. And God saves us by reckoning us as children of Abraham by faith. And as Paul says in Galatians 3, 7, it is those who are of faith 
who are the sons of Abraham. So, are we saved differently? The answer is no. And I'm going to go through this a little bit here, probably a little quicker than I thought I was going to. Romans 10, 11, and 12, the scriptures say, whoever trusts in him will not be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of Adonai will be saved. So neither Jew or Gentile in this particular case have a priority in God's economy on how they are saved. Both are saved by faith in Yeshua and not any ethnic or religious distinctives. The mystery of the gospel that Paul preaches, he says this about the Gentiles, we are full partners in the blessing of the Jewish salvation, of Jewish salvation. So hear me on this one as I read from the Ephesians, letter to the Ephesians. And uh, the background about the church is that not only were there Jews, but there were, there were a vast amount of Gentiles within that, that, that church. It was probably the most diverse church in the, uh, uh, of the seven. And it says, you Gentiles, he's speaking to the Gentiles, were separated from Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now, in Messiah Yeshua, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by that blood. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are now fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Again in Ephesians 3, where it says in verses 4 through 6, when you read, you can understand my insights to the mystery of Messiah, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and the fellow members of the body and fellow partakers in the promise in Yeshua the Messiah through the gospel. And to top it all off, Yeshua makes this perfectly clear in John 14, 6. I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jews have a priority in God's economy, but when it comes to salvation, the participation is balanced and equal. God's covenant blessings are there for the taking for both the Jew and the Gentile. But we as Messianic Gentiles really have to take a look at the role that we have in the restoration of people Israel. We must understand and appreciate the relationship with God's chosen people. Otherwise, we won't get it. As I mentioned previously, it warrants mentioning again in Romans 11, Paul, the apostle, explains the relationship between the Jews and the Gentiles as an olive tree. Israel stands as the enduring root, and the Gentile believers are engrafted into that root. They're blind. The, the Gentiles were grafted into God's family. Why? Because there was a veil. The Jews have been blinded for a time. Their blindness is not due to discredit or something that the Gentile Christian world can mock. It's just simply an occurrence that myself as a, as a Messianic Gentile must be indebted to God for. 
Because without that, salvation is not mine. So Paul puts it this way in Romans 11.25. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until what? The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So I want to emphasize this. I can't emphasize it enough. Verses 17 and 18 are something that we as, as Christians or Gentiles, however you, whatever you label yourself in, I consider myself a Messianic Gentile. And so we have to really embrace what it is that we have been grafted into. If some of the branches have been broken off, you as a wild olive tree, you are, have been grafted in. The others are now sharing the nourishing sap from that olive root. Do not boast against these branches. Do not boast. Do not be arrogant against these branches. What they're accepting, because it says, if you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. Now, we, I want to make sure we're all perfectly clear on that. We have to support Israel. Period. Branches who think that they can live without the root will die. They will die. To think that anyone has replaced Israel, it's arrogant. As Paul mentioned in this passage, but the unbelieving Jewish people's loss, the veil, meant the riches for the Gentiles. Consider that. Without that veil, we do not understand or see salvation. So Romans 11 and 12, it says in turn, verses 15 implores us, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So Paul continues in verses 30 and 31 saying, just as you were one time a disobedient member to God and, and him who has now received mercy as a result of your disobedience, so too now become disobedient in order that many may receive mercy. And many will receive mercy as the result of God's mercy. The Jews were struck with this blindness. Um, it's a veil of sorts. And the veil was never meant to be permanent. It is a veil that is meant to be lifted. Their blindness is not a done deal, but God's mysterious way of setting aside some time for me, for you, and the rest of the world to receive him. That is the fullness of the Gentiles. So the gospel of Messiah Yeshua went out from Jerusalem. It is circling the world, and it's going to come back to Jerusalem, where it was always intended. This is the restoration God invites his followers to join him in. The branches we are called to walk in the light of Messiah, the enduring foundation who supports and sustains us to have a love for God and a servant heart for Israel. And that servant heart for Israel is to have a love for Israel. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. Beloved, we are called as we are now grafted in. And we are to serve here at Beth Emunah Messianic Synagogue. My challenge is this to you. If you have truly been called to this ministry, because honestly, this is not a place for the disenfranchised. This is not a place to look and see, although that's how 
I got here. I, lo I, I, I looked and I saw and I embraced. But you have to be called to this ministry because this ministry has a distinct purpose in God's economy. And that is to reach Israel. So embrace that calling. Step out in faith. For such a time as this, you have been placed on this earth. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for all the good things that you have brought to Beth Emunah Messianic Synagogue. I thank you for the challenges that we have faced on a week-by-week, day-by-day, minute-by-minute basis. But the one thing that we are sure of is that you are on the throne. You have given us Yeshua, Messiah, that not only shows us your love for us, but now has given us a purpose in your kingdom. May we not squander that ability. May we not squander your love and your mercy in these days. Lord, I just thank you so much for my family that is sitting in front of me, the family that you have chosen for me, the family that you have called me to. And let me be the humble servant that you desire me to be. In Yeshua's mighty, precious name, we say amen. Please stand for the Aleinu.